1: I will
3: literally shave all my hair off if the Ravens finish with the one seed. (laughs) We know you. We've got you. And you did say all of your hair too, which means all of your hair—not even just your head,
4: right? (laughs) Technically, technically, that is what that means. You're pushing it too far. Whoa! What would Ahmed Farid look like if he shaved his head? I don't know. I don't want to find out. I don't. He's here wearing his Michigan colors. He's an asshole. He's rubbing wow, wow, it wow, in because wow. my longhorns didn't make it. What's up, everybody? It's Chris Sims Unbuttoned. We are here on Wednesday. It's the What the Fuck Happened podcast, a.k.a. Treasure Hunters. You see Morgan behind me. She's a little tired. She wanted to get some coffee today, so she's back there doing that on her phone. Typical millennial stuff. Uh, and then, you know, here we go. We're off and we're off and running. We're pretty close to millennials. We, I know. I think we are millennials. She's probably not even. She's like something younger than that, which Generation Z or X. Millennials, millennial. She's a proud okay, millennial. Are we millennials? I don't even sure either. We're, we're like on border the border. Line. We're on the border. We're what's like before millennial? Gen X. Gen X. That's right. We grew yeah, up. I really. I we're not baby boomers. I think peak. I look more Gen
3: X. I, I feel more Gen X.
4: Right. Because we were that. Com- I remember that commercial vividly. And I feel like if you can remember the Pepsi Vivid, like the Pepsi Generation X commercials, yeah.
3: then you were probably in that generation. I think our personalities are more Gen X. It's, I think too. It's so a weird generation, because no one ever talks about Gen X, really.
4: It's You're right. like have forgotten. It's like boomers and millennials. People are racist against General- Gen X. <laughs> I'm suing the world. How dare they? Um, hey, All could- right, so how you feel, an asshole, uh, in your Michigan colors?
3: Okay? I was, that was a great game. I went over, watched it with my dad. I, my son was over there, too. Yeah. We were jumping up and down. I felt terrible, because I was like, Michigan's dominating the game, yeah. and they're just winning by three. Yeah, right. And then second half, Alabama, and Michigan could do nothing offensively, which was my big worry coming into the game, yep. uh, but for them to pull it out, and I was jumping up and down afterwards. It, it was amazing. It was, it was it was one of the best football games I've ever watched with my, with my family. I, I,
4: I, I hear that. It was definitely special. Like, even though it wasn't the most exciting, it was exciting, if that makes sense. There right? were mistakes, for it was, sure. It was intense. It was a close-fought battle. Yeah. You felt like yeah, one mistake could sway it one way or the other. right? Two yeah. legendary coaches Right where you felt like, man, if one of them messes up managing the game here, they're gonna lose the football game. Uh, that stadium, that setting, yeah. Right, you know that stadium's got a special place in my heart always, right? Because my dad won his Super Bowl there. Uh, but yeah, to see that on TV with two powerhouses like that going at it, and then like literally, I mean, when they were down seven, I was like. I was in my living room with my wife and, and son, like, oh my gosh, this is a huge drive for Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. Like, this is it. And the Big right? Ten and like, yeah. the history of like, Michigan. Damn, it's, like, it's 2013. Can yeah. they do this, right? They're not used to playing from behind. And McCarthy clutch as hell. Awesome to see. Really was. So, uh, congratulations. It was a lot Thank of fun to watch that one. And how were you watching the final play of Texas and Washington? I, I was asleep. <laughs> okay. I was, It was pitch black. That's how I was watching it. I was out. I don't know what happened like yeah. really that's the first off you know college football and the NCAA they are a top of the list of some of the I would say dumbest shit in all of American sports they top the list in a lot of things right with their current status of the playoffs and how it's done it's a mess I mean the most dominant American sports team in the last three years is Georgia they didn't get a chance to even get in the playoff that makes yeah. no sense okay so that's an issue to play a game at nine o'clock at night on New Year's night when everybody has school and work the next day? Like, do they want to make money? Yeah. Because they all seem to want to pocket money for, like, oh, give me this cash and you can be a sponsor and do all that. But then when it comes to the enjoyment of everybody and making big money for commercials, you're going to just screw over half the country? I couldn't make it. It's 3421, Texas was driving. It looked over. I had been up late from the night before on New Year's. We'll get into that. And I was kind of like exhausted, let alone I was like, man, they're down. And next thing I knew, I woke up because I was on the ESPN app at the time. Yeah. I woke up and it just said like ESPN. Thanks for watching this program. And I was like, Wow, I guess it's over. <laughs> and I rolled over and I waited till the morning until I woke up to even look up the score. Uh, yeah, and yeah. you saw it. That it I came saw down. it was it was. I incredible. was like, Whoa! I was shocked by the headline because they were like, Washington barely survives. I think that's what it said. And I was yeah. like, What? The game got that close, right? Uh, so yeah, cool to see Longhorns fought, but. Uh, came up short so it, it, i felt like we were going to come up short yes watching the game I, I felt like washington was better um you know not that we didn't have a chance but i felt like washington was better
3: yeah offensively offensively for He's washington amazing. it's going to be it's going to be and you've been talking about him for a long time yeah I, I remember everyone before the year started even you said well look out for pennix because he deserves
4: to be right up there in that William's combo good. Yeah. right right caleb's awesome i got that drake may's awesome michael Penix jr needs to be right there with them Michael, I mean in the year where you always hear me say, Don't just give it to the quarterback on the best team, we finally have a fucking team that's got a good team and the quarterback (laughs) is the reason. Undefeated. And they they give it to the Heisman to somebody else. Yeah. Who was deserving. I don't mean that. But of all the years where he did all these great records and they're undefeated, and it's all about him throwing the ball every play and everybody knows he's gonna do it, and he throws for four hundred and thirty yards every week. This is the year, oh, forget the quarterback on the best team. We're not going to do it this year. Why? (laughs) Because it's not sexy. It's not cool. He wasn't, what, a top? recruit i don't understand it yeah. that's where it just drives me crazy sometimes sports media and all that well it's understandable you yeah. couldn't
3: make it to the end there and you were tired because so we were awesome we, if we uh, had
4: michigan texas that would have been awesome that would have been great i mean this podcast would have been that much better we would have been kissing
3: feet and making yeah. bets and all that, that but yeah, now, now it sucks as pete says uh but you were tired a late night there and you've got early mornings and um when you got home the last time we were together was New Year's Eve yeah. night, and right. we got done with the pot at eleven fifty. <sighs> we all stuck around. We popped a bottle of we champagne. Popped a bottle. We, we s- took we took uh, some swigs. Yeah, and then we said only one swig. Yeah, only one swig. I don't like
4: champagne to drink more than a sip, really.
3: And then you were like, I got to go home because I got maybe ten ten kids at home that are uh, having a party. I'm just
4: gonna tell them, you know, hey, it's okay. Night's done, guys. If it was ten, I wouldn't have said anything. I would have said you're fine. You can stay here. Oh, okay, right. I knew I was in trouble because before as I was walking out of the building my wife was calling. Oh no. And she was already stressed and she was on in the act of kicking people out at that point because the party had become too big, right? So, you know, it went from yeah, ten to fifteen to I think it got to around eleven o'clock and there was fifty people there. Right. Right. And, you know, you've been in our barn. Our barn's not made for fifty people. Our whole house isn't made for fifty people. We got a three hundred year old, you know, farmhouse, right? So that don't look right. Yeah. And it became yeah. Raucous, for sure. Oh, no. I mean, I have this huge Christmas tree in my in my barn. Um, it's like 15 feet. Ruined. They ruined it. Oh, and I was pissed off because on New Year's, I was like, I'm going to sit in the barn and make a fire and kind of enjoy the last day or two with the tree yep. and all that. Ruined the tree, broke the lights. Sounds like somebody... Tried to jump off the top of the barn. You know how the barn has like the second Raptors. level there? Oh. Right. And jumped onto the tree. Oh, no. Right? So the barn was a mess. You know, nobody, there was only a few kids there when I got home. So that was... Not, I didn't so have Danielle to be... Danielle had done the Danielle dirty work. Danielle brought them with. all out. She basically said... Hey, this is crazy. You guys aren't acting appropriately. Charlotte's dad's on his way home, and he's gonna go fucking crazy if he sees this here. Yeah. And she said that's when everybody departed. Wow. Right. So so were they like when you got there? There was like like, literally like people like they saw me pulling in the driveway, and they were like there was like five people in the driveway, and they like got in the car and drove off. Right. They were like we're out of here. We're not gonna meet Mr. Sims right now. So did that. But yeah, I was revved up. It's New Year's. You know, I'm revved up anyways from our show. I was expecting to go home to action, anyways. Yeah, but then it became like, ah, are you fucking kidding me? This is disgusting. The barns, you know, they ruined it. I can't watch it tomorrow. What they did to the tree. I didn't go to bed till past like, you know, past three three a.m. So you so. don't have to get into
3: all the details yeah. here if you don't want. This yeah. is this is your uh, own film. Okay. But but was it always well, like? Was this the plan from? from... No, no. The, I, don't, I believe people just start, like,
4: heard, like, yeah, oh, the Sims no. house is popping right I, now. So, I heard, I, that's how it would happen. And I've gotten more and more stories as the days have gone by, right? But basically, what my daughter's boyfriend told me yesterday, because he was, like, still apologizing, he's like, sorry, Mr. Sims, I should have took more control of the situation. Yeah. I was like, oh, re- relax, his name's Rowan. Okay, Relax, Rowan, don't worry, it's not that's on good. you. Taking accountability, but, I like that. But then my daughter, they chimed in, they were like, Yeah, I mean, we had 10 to 15 people here. She's like, we invited like a few more. She goes, but the problem was when they came, they brought people that we didn't even know were invited. So this second group that came must have told a bunch of people, and that's where... It went off the rails. Oh, yeah. boy. Well, welcome. You'll be there one day. I, I, <laughs> it's yeah. coming
3: soon. I hope she enjoyed her last ever New Year's Eve party. Yeah, like, yeah.
4: Maybe. Oh, yeah. It's the last party she's having for a while. <laughs> that's for sure. Especially the last one she's having when I'm not there for the full time.
3: You know what I'm glad about, though? Yeah. That she, a lot of
4: friends, you yeah. know, and
3: that's good. You know, friends is are what make the world go round, and uh, that's good. Not so, mad at that. Uh, so a lot has happened here, including the way we started this podcast I can't with it's you wore still blue and yellow. The pod I didn't today. even think about you it, didn't? actually, when I wore it. No. And Morgan said, Are wearing your Michigan? colors and yeah. I was like I didn't think about that but I am proud whatever there's Bullshit. nothing against you know Challenge burnt orange uh, it's still Hines said he will shave his hair all of his hair if the Ravens finish with the one seed that's what he said in the preseason
4: when get Chris real get, he said to get me real. Yeah. and us yeah Okay, you're keeping it real, big guy. Look at that. I like it at Still Hines. He did it. He did it. And like, you should be proud of it. You got the perfect round-shaped head to be the bald-shaped head guy. Well, that was part of it, Incredible. too. Incredible. Because Minnie Hulkin tweeted him. Yeah. And he goes, pretty
3: sure you're the first person who was ever stuck by a bat on here. Massive respect. He wrote back to him. Right. And goes. I've had to do it once before, so I made the bet knowing at least I had a semi-normal shaped head. <laughs>
4: okay, which is a, so a, a good. So it's a calculated move. risk. That's, that's a good a, move. I like that. That's what I like. That's what a good defensive coordinator does in football. That's what you got to do. A calculated risk every you make now and a man. bet that you're willing to lose. Right. You right? go. If I lose, I can live with this. Yes. Okay. That's fine. I right? didn't want to
3: do it, but right. he's like, I can,
4: I can survive. You know, like you're playing the Dolphins, you're like, you know, I'm going to double Tyreek all game long. If yeah. I lose, you know, to to Robbie Chosen. <laughs> then so be it. I yeah. gotta live with it. All yep. right, you know. So you gotta make your choices every now and then. Good for him. Looking
3: good, man. Really, it's still Hines, a solid homie out there. Well, well done. All right. So, what so we're wait, one do-
4: well, last thing too. There, wait. like, was there a shot at me? Like, pretty sure you're the first person who ever stuck by a bet on here. I mean, I know I didn't kiss my own butt, right? Yeah,
3: yeah. Right. You but haven't
4: have- done that, but I did kiss your feet. You kissed my feet. Yeah, I kissed your feet. I right? think
3: it's you know the, the, on Twitter I, I no... can't kiss my own butt. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll try. I, I, <laughs> like it was hard for you to get out of this because I just threw my foot. In in your face, and you had to, what are you going to do? And and we talked
4: about it like the whole year, so we had to.
3: We did. But with him, it's just like, no one knows where he lives. It's like, what are we going to do? Like, show up at his house and shave his head? No, but he... Had enough personal accountability and responsibility. I like that. To follow through with the bat.
4: You don't see that in these millennials you these days. You don't. <laughs> those
3: millennials and those boomers were, uh, <laughs> we're the good ones. Uh, so, this is what we're going to do with the pod. Okay. This is, yes, Treasure Hunters, you mentioned it, what the F happened. But we're kind of going to be forward looking here because yeah. we have a lot of rematches here of games that have significance for the playoff picture right. that uh, we've had before. So, yeah. these are all rematches. And, and when we were going over the ideas with Pete and you on the text chain, you're like, like really? You go, really? We're really going to look back at a week one. Game I know. With no I was like, significance. I was like,
4: you might as well ask me to watch last year's preseason
3: games <laughs> while we're at it.
4: So you didn't really
3: go back and look at some of these games, but maybe there's maybe there's some information yeah. that we can glean from yeah. what happened before and see if everything has changed here. So we'll go through all the rematches that have significance in the playoff picture. Here we've got a lot of big butts to get to because we've been slacking on that. And uh, requiem for a team. Yep. Teams have been eliminated. We have to put them in the ground. Yeah, Damn. they're dead.
4: You're gonna have you got your work
3: cut out today. Next week you're gonna have half the league to write requiem for. I know. I know. Okay. We got. We got a good amount of them though yeah after this one yeah we chipped away all right so here we go we're going through the the most important games and the most important people in these games too we'll kind of take a look at the key figures in uh, okay clinching playoffs or some of these and the first one we talk about is our nbc sunday night football bills at dolphins the final sunday night football regular season game of the year the winner of this game will clinch the afc east how crazy is that the winner clinches the division yep uh, Buffalo can still get a wild card. Yeah. But th- it's also possible. This they is might a crazy not be thing, in. They might not be in. Right. And some people think at this point they're playing like a top five team in the NFL. They might not even make the playoffs. And for the Dolphins, hugely significant because it's either hosting a significant number of games in the playoffs right. or
4: like going on the road immediately and having and, to play in being a six
3: seed, cold weather environments. Yeah. Probably
4: um, have to go to Kansas City the way it looks right now. I mean, mm-hmm. if that's what happens, they're most likely – Going, they, because they, if they lose, they won't be able to be the five seed. Or they might be able to, actually. I'm wrong about that. They might, uh, no, actually, I don't think they will because Cleveland will still win the tiebreaker because of the better conference record. So mm. Cleveland will be the five seed. So that means they will be the six, and then they have to go on the road to Kansas City, yeah, and play in the cold and play the team that we saw has answers to stop that high octane offense already this year when they played over in Germany.
3: So they played week four. Right. The Bills destroyed them, forty-eight to twenty in yeah. that one. That was yeah. one of those where we're like, ah, oh, the Bills are actually a pretty good team. Um, slowed down that Miami yep. offense. You looked though specifically you, you looked at the Dolphins against what they did against the Ravens too. You yeah, did, you did I a just, deep dive. I watched into this. what we
4: saw this weekend, right? I got I mean who's watched Buffalo more than me? I mean, right? I mean do you not ask me to watch Buffalo every fucking week pretty every, much yeah. if you like? I mean well, we so, think you like it. So, yeah. Well yeah. I do like it. <laughs> I do. So yeah. So I I mean I did not go back to the week four matchup, but I have a great feel for Buffalo, their defense and, and what they do and how they game
3: plan. So let's go with the, the Dolphins defense first year because they did score the Bills forty eight points on the Dolphins defense and that was before for some of their key injuries. I yeah. don't know exactly right. how many people will be available for right. them. Howard, Xavier uh, Howard, will he be back? I don't know. Jalen Waddle, will he be back? does sound I
4: know. They need him, right?
3: Tyreek Hill, will he be 100%? Yeah. He has been playing. Um, but the Dolphins' D, um, was that Ravens game an anomaly for them, or is it a sign of real problems to come here? Because I think we have a, a graphic of how good the Dolphins' defense has been. Weeks 8 through 16, it was like 254 yards a game, so up until last week... They were one of the best defensive units in the league. Last week, it was almost 500 yards allowed. Um, Ravens just torched them. So, yeah, yeah. with your deep dive, what, what have you seen from the Dolphins, and are they going to have trouble stopping teams from here on out?
4: Game got out of hand, right? Baltimore made some incredible plays, right, to where, again, Baltimore controlled the game, but it also, they made some incredible plays where you went, ooh, if that goes a different way, the fourth and seven at the middle of the field, right, where Isaiah likely catches it with one hand and runs it. Like, if they don't get that. The game's going to be a little different. It's not I mean not now yeah. like the Ravens are going to have the ball at midfield before the half. It's 21-13, right? So there were some moments in the game where you know Baltimore won and credit to them. And of course I'm not taking any credit away from them, but like in the NFL 56 to 19, it happens because of like three or four plays, right? It's not like is maybe sometimes is physical dominance what you think. Either way, they still were physically dominant. They were. I think the when you when you, you know, Miami Defense is very good. I like it. You know that. It's well-coached. Concerned about the pass rush issues now, right? Now you're down to, like, Van Ginkle as being the only guy that you feel like can really get pressure off the edge. He's a very good player. but But at the same time, like, yeah, defense is good. How good? You know, I've been up in the air about it. You know I've kind of talked highly about it, right, right? You know, I think the the thing you could question is just like, did they play any great offenses here during that stretch of really good defense that we talked about? Mm. You know, the the Cowboys being the best one of the group, and the Cowboys being a team that's a little one-dimensional and don't run the ball all that well, so they could go, hey, let's play pass defense, but either way, they had problems in that game on pass defense, right? The thing that they really got killed in this football game, they were worried about the Ravens' run game, right, and all the answers they have, the QB runs, all of that stuff, and they played more man than they have in most games, and I think that was the reason why, because they were worried about the Ravens' run game, they wanted to get one guy, one more guy in there to stop the run, or one more guy to keep eyes on Lamar Jackson if they drop back to pass to kind of spy him and not let him run crazy, right? They messed up coverages throughout the football game, right? Whether it was Zay Flowers uncovered down the sidelines, I don't know if that is, you know, the linebacker's fault or if that was Eli Apple's fault. I think it was Eli Apple's fault. I think it was just regular three buzz and he should have stayed in his third. Um, but either way, that was a mess up. There was a touchdown. There was, you know, um, A a touchdown, what was it, to make it, I want to say the next touchdown pass to start the third quarter, man-to-man coverage. They kind of messed up how they played the bunch set. You saw the wheel routes early on in the football game, right, with the running back. One got called for offensive pass interference. The next one was a touchdown. They didn't play that right because they were playing man coverage there. We saw Xavier Howard get beat on a slant and go to start the game in man coverage. They didn't make the plays mano a mano. OBJ man to man down the sideline makes the play over the guy, gets the feet down right. There was a ton of that where it's just like, you know, the intensity, the big play moments, whatever. It was all on the Ravens side definitely. So the thing you come away with. And sometimes it's hard to see, and I'm, I'm faulting myself here too. Because like, like, yesterday I had one of those days where I watched them on defense. I watched the Ravens on defense, and then I went down the line and watched some other teams on defense too. And you come away, and like, it was one of those where I went, oh, hmm, Miami's defense definitely doesn't move like some of these defense. I'm, I'm watching the Ravens' defense. Oh, I'm watching the 49ers' defense right now. They don't move like this. You know, as good as I think they are, it was a little reminder, like to watch them next to these other teams to go. Yeah, they're not on their level yet. Hmm. They're good. They're on the right path. They're still. I still think they're learning and trying to figure out some of Vic Fangio's rules, and that's why they're messing up some of these passing off of receivers. It was a thing consistently throughout the day. Literally, the first play of the game, Jalen Ramsey's yelling at Javon Holland, and they're having an argument on who should have taken who and passing him off. So they had a problem with that. Um, but but uh, yeah, their their physicality. And the way they fly around the field is not the same as Ravens, Niners, you know, Cleveland Browns, right? Some of those defenses where, you know, I look at that and just go, oh my gosh, they're flying around and killing people. Uh, I think that was another thing that kind of maybe hit me in the face as I was watching that football game. So we
3: mentioned that we asked the homies uh, who the... People of the game will be who the yeah. most important players or yeah. coaches. I and got an answer to that. The boy Joe. B says, easy answer for him. He goes, Joe Brady. We've seen the Bills' offense look a little different under him, but he's got to uh, come up with a game plan, specific plays to expose this Dolphins defense who is missing several key contributors. Um, you mentioned man to man. Yeah. And you see Miami the Miami Dolphins. Right? Yeah. Yes. Are they going to be able to do that against the, the Buffalo Bills? Is Joe Brady going to have to scheme up some stuff in the passing game to get guys open?
4: Uh, yeah. So So that's where, you know, like, yeah, they struggled in man-to-man in this game, right? Yeah, but it wasn't like I was like, "Oh, mano y mano, they can't cover these guys." Uh-oh, right? No, I mean we know they pose problems, with Baltimore, and they got speed. But I wasn't just like, "Oh my gosh, they're they have no chance here," right? No, Miami's got some good cover guys. We know that, especially if Xavier Howard's healthy. That's the thing I came away with. One, like, Buffalo's offense is not as creative as Baltimore's. Two. You know, they can't run the ball like Baltimore can, traditional-wise, right? Now, they're getting better, and I'll get into that in a second. And then three, of course, you don't think I, – I don't think they have the weapons that Baltimore has at wide receiver. I mean, Baltimore's got three receivers with multiple rockets up their ass, you know? And Buffalo, I'd go, I don't know if anybody's got more – you know, they got Stephon Diggs, and his, even his rockets aren't, you know – Multiple. It's, it's just like, hey, he can runs good. But it's not like, again, I, what I tell everybody when they go, oh, well, what about Stephon Diggs? I go, when's the last time you saw Stephon Diggs just run by somebody for an 80-yard bomb? When's the last time you saw him catch a slant and then go, zoom? Oh, my gosh, there goes Stephon Diggs for 70 yards. It, never. Like, it, in years. So that's where people got to back off that. My point being with all that said, Miami's going to be able to cover Buffalo. Mm. They will. And that will be something to watch for. Can Buffalo separate? And as you know, I mean, and we'll hit it on it in a second, Buffalo couldn't separate from New England at all last week. Now, New England's awesome on defense. They do a lot of stuff. But they couldn't separate from them at all. I thought this was good in your notes,
3: yeah. too, transitioning to the Bills offense. Yeah. Is that they're almost in the same world as the Chiefs right now in, in, in some respects. Right. You, you think you've said this about the Chiefs. They need to embrace the ugly. You know, yeah. it's not just that yeah. high-flying Patrick right. Mahomes throw it right. all around the field. Right. Like, Josh Allen's one of the best quarterbacks in the game right now of all time, most talented. But you feel like, does does this Bills offense, they also need to embrace the ugly? I
4: do. I think so. You know, there are another one where I go, stick with your shotgun, pulling guards, pulling tackles fake the read option, give it to the running back. He follows the guard, you know, comes from another way. It looks like he's going to go out the back door, but then he comes back and follows the pulling tackle. Oh, Josh Allen keeps it off of it. Oh, Josh Allen play action and we still pull the tackle. Boom. That to me is when they're at their best right now, right? When they get into some of the moments they did the other day where it was like, oh, no, we can't do what we want to do. Oh, we're having a little problem today. And all of a sudden it's like, let's go default mode. Default mode, like on the Xbox controller, let's go to it, just shotgun Josh Allen, let him fucking pull off magic. They're not good enough to do that. They don't have the weapons outside. Even when he pulls off magic, you're like, well, still nobody's separating. He's been holding the ball for nine seconds. Still nobody's open, right? So to me, that was when they are at their best is when they almost have like a Ravens last year's Eagles type of attack and they have some of those plays with it Hmm. that I go that's what you should ride home here you do that you know play that style Allen will make a few plays and it's going to add to some people being open downfield and you're going to start to get coverages where Josh Allen's going to go oh my gosh nobody's played this coverage against me since my rookie year and here they are on a third and five or, you know, a second and six, and I'm getting looks that I've seen other quarterbacks get in the last few years that I've been jealous of, right? But they can't quite stay patient enough there and bang it home to where they can quite get that, and I think if they want to make it through the AFC playoffs, they got to do that. they got to embrace the ugly. The D's playing good. Mark Cooper says Josh
3: Allen cannot afford any mistakes, even with their more balanced offense right now. I would say no quarterback, really, at this time of year and against this kind of competition can afford many mistakes. No. Uh, not Bucky Cox says his uh, most important people. Yeah. Mike McDaniel and Sean McDermott. Okay, seems like the Dolphins' offense is a little more elementary with the recent injuries. Yeah, has Sean figured out a defense to drop his players into the right zones right. at the right times, or has
4: McDaniel found a new angle of attack? Right. Yeah, that's a good one. I, I'm more along the lines of that. Okay, like you know, I'm, I'm partaking in this exercise too, and I think if you ask me, like the, the when they, when they when we kind of wrote down the rundown, like most important people for yep. this matchup. Yep. Right. I went with Dolphins stuff here. I went with the Dolphins O-line or McDaniels patience in the mm. run game. Now I, I don't mean to be that guy, but why I say that is this. Well, One, you know, they do have a good rushing attack. And a rushing attack that even last week's stats will tell you, they don't run the ball enough. When all your running backs are averaging seven yards per carry, you should throw them the ball more, right? Like if, if they were dashing ty- with somebody with Tyreek all game long – Right? What do they keep doing? They keep feeding Tyreek, but for some reason, with the run game, they can't keep feeding that, and I don't understand it. And that will definitely help some of their problems right now. Right? Where you know we saw some early success of them running the ball, and I think the game became a little bit more of like, whoa, Baltimore scoring on us, and they kind of lost track of running the football. We're like, oh, we got to score points, so we got to throw the ball every play. And I want to be like, no, when you run the ball, I just saw HN run down the sideline for 50 yards. You haven't thrown a ball that far yet, but yet the run wasn't good enough? Oh, here's another run for 20. You still haven't thrown a ball that far yet, but that's not good enough? Why? So that's where I said they got to be patient. And this, the, the Dolphins O-line is not a great pass-protecting O-line. They're not. And they, they, will, they will get steamrolled or collapsed like Tua did in some situations last week against this group, if they go too pass happy, let alone where they're letting people off the hook and where I'm saying this, when I go into the Eagles' loss, the Titans' loss that we broke down a few weeks ago, right, last week against the Ravens, the Bills the first time, it's always the same thing. Teams play defense and they go, we're just going to stop the pass. We don't think you'll be patient enough for the run. We're worried about stopping all these creative things you do in the pass game, Right and we think our front will be enough just to handle the run and i don't think miami's doing their due justice in calling people out when they do that right mm. that's their that's my thing right when we broke down the titans game a few weeks ago i want to go they're playing Tampa two and cheating this and doing this the whole game. Run the ball, throw a five-yard out route, do this. I know we're all fixated on all these cool things that we drew up all week, but sometimes the game's simple and just make it simple, and the, the answers kind of reveal itself for you. And I feel like they lose their way on that at, at times. And I
3: don't know what's what's easier to do as an offensive line that has had a lot of movement and injuries. I was looking at the the numbers and the different starting yeah. offensive lines. with right. of The Miami Dolphins have right. they've, they've had ten different combinations of starting they've starting been beat offensive lines. Right. The Buffalo Bills, yeah, just the same five, same five all year. We have right, three teams to just yeah. have the same five, and so that's a benefit. And who knows? And maybe there are things that Mike Daniel thinks he can't do with some of the combinations of the offensive line that he has I, out there.
4: I mean, you know, they don't they don't have to be like, you know, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball every play. But they can't go. They should not go through a drive or six to seven plays without running the football. To me, that's where they fall into trouble, to me, that is where these defenses call their bluff, like I'm saying, and they're playing so hard to stop the other stuff because, of course, it's dangerous, but they right. also don't believe Miami will hang in there with the run either. And what they're doing is they're allowing people to, you know, play the areas like we talk about right now. Again, you take away, like you saw last week, all of a sudden they can't throw sp- screens outside to the receivers and then after the first two drives they couldn't throw down the middle and all of a sudden it's like well what else is there what else tell me they don't throw the ball outside the numbers they throw an occasional go route everything is right here and here and here and here and then the screen on the outside defenses have figured it out they play defenses to kind of defend those areas stop the screens stop the throws in the middle of the field Okay, They don't really throw deep outs or comebacks or anything like that. So let's just do that. So they're not going to start throwing out routes and deep comebacks. So the thing I would say is run the ball to then open up some of the things that they'll give you the screens on the outside and the pop slants and all the things I talk about.
3: That was one of the things in week 4 too, the Bills defense did a pretty good job of controlling the middle of the field it's, and I think it was Tyreek, I saw the number somewhere Tyreek and Waddle had like 104 receiving yards, the fewest in a game where they both played yeah. together and so they did. They did control that the Bills did in week 4.
4: It's it's usually what you see from everybody. It is. I mean again, I'll go back to the Tennessee game, same type of thing. You know, this game was the same thing. Early on, they hit it. But once Roquan Smith and, and Patrick Queen saw it a few times, see you later. Guess what happened? Oh, you went to the well too many times. Oh, Roquan Smith, interception, going down the sideline. The third interception, I think it was the third one, or did he just throw it to two? The second interception, guess where it was? Down the middle. There were seven guys there. You know, he tried to loft it over three guys and drop it underneath another three guys. And he threw it over his head and the safety intercepted it. Right. So it was just it's too difficult. But they were playing for it. And that to me is like, yeah, they're not going to totally change on offense. But what they can change is just, again, when you rush the ball for 154 yards and you're averaging over seven yards per carry with your running backs, you didn't run the ball enough. Mm. That's that's what that tells you. That to me is where you drop the ball in the game. And that to me is where they could drop the ball in the game if they don't stay with it in this one. This is not the picks pod. You're yeah. not making your pick. No. This, I, this one's, I'm, I'm not sure where I'm going here okay. yet. Well, yeah. What's your, what's your feeling right now? What's your lean? My, my feeling is Buffalo. My feeling is Buffalo because I think Buffalo is a more tough, tougher physical football team who. You know, unlike most teams that play Miami, they've seen this offense, they know it, so they know kind of how to control it, gauge it, keep it under wraps to a degree, right? I think it was going to be a close football game regardless, though. I think it'll be more of a defensive type of football game than an offensive explosion. I think it's going to be more along the lines of like almost Dolphins-Cowboys a few weeks ago where it'll be come down to a late field goal, something like that, twenty. 23-20, 24-21, 2017, right in that range. But that's what what I would expect. It's one, Buffalo's offense doesn't have enough, so Miami will be okay there. And then the other side of the story will be, hey, Buffalo's defense knows how to defend this offense, and this offense right now, like I said, you play, you toss crack, screen, slant over the middle, you're stopping like 80% of their offense, Mm. and Buffalo knows how to do that.
3: 30 million people will watch on Sunday night football. We'll do the halftime show. We'll give our analysis you know in it. that one. You do know, you know have... what I want
4: to say one more thing about I the Ravens. I was going to give you a
3: chance for a columbo one, on this one more thing just to say about the Ravens. Oh wait, hold on. But we got Oh yeah, we won't talk about the Ravens.
4: Well, I right. mean, we're they're playing the Steelers. I mean, the Ravens aren't going to be playing anybody. I don't know if there's a deep Oh, we are talking about. Yeah, the we Ravens are. Coming right. Up. Yeah, we did you, you want we save it for the... the Ravens. All right. Well, just one thing off of that game. Okay. Doesn't matter cuz like Lamar's like not going to play a full game here, right? And we're going to see guys in and out. The way the Lamar is throwing the ball, the aggressiveness of the offense, the talent at wide receiver, right, the fact that they can run the ball and you have to respect that a little bit, I mean, they're hard to match up against, right? They're hard. So Miami, they're worried about the run game and being bludgeoned, but they want to play man to man across the board because hey, we want somebody on Lamar and we want to, you know, want to let them have windows and all that. But like there, he is one on one with like I said, multiple guys with rockets up their ass, and he's got all day. He's patting the ball and doing all that. Like it, it, and the way he's throwing and seeing the field, I mean, ooh. It's going to take a special defense to slow down the Ravens the way they're playing right now. All right, it's a little bonus nugget. Little we'll,
3: bonus. we'll get to that. So uh, that is Bills. Dolphins. Watch it on uh, NBC. Texans and Colts. The winner of this game clinches a playoff berth, and they would clinch the AFC South if the Jacksonville Jaguars lose. How crazy is that? I never would have thought this division would come down to the final week. I just did not think that I was even so possible. Well, especially, I mean, the Jaguars were eight and three at one point. Yeah, uh, week number two, the Colts won thirty-one to twenty did I think um, Richardson got hurt in that game because Gardner Minshew came in Uh, it was 31 to 10 in the third quarter so really the Colts handled the Houston Texans yes Uh, the Texans got some numbers late CJ Stroud I think still threw for over 300 yards in that game part of the the coming out party but Nigel Bryant says the in-division matchup between Shane Steichen and D'Amico Ryans should be epic. C.J. Stroud versus the improved Colts defense should be interesting, but two Coach of the Year candidates battling it out for a potential home game in the playoffs should be a classic.
4: Yeah. um, You know, different teams than what they were then, right? Houston was, like, still finding itself then, Mm -hmm. still learning a system, a lot of young guys. You know, C.J. Stroud, like you said, yeah. I mean, it was still early on in his development. It was shaky early. They don't run the ball, or they they run the ball at a way different level now compared to where they were early in early on in the football year. I mean, Texans have come along, so that's where it's different altogether. Mm. All right. So I think the Texans are a different football team. Colts have gotten better too. Don't get me wrong. Jonathan Taylor's back. Exactly right. Their running game is real and a hand, a, a difficult to handle. Right. Minshew is. He can pick you apart. You play zone and do all that. He can. You know. You know my thing. Again, with them is yeah. You can pick them apart and do all that. But teams are playing him for that. That's why we see, like, Alec Pierce wide open running down the middle of the field because teams so overplay, they don't throw enough down the field, as you've heard me say, right? So that's a big thing. But, like, if we get into just the, the conversation right off the bat of, like, who to watch for or yep. who's the guys that are most important to me, right? And I'm trying to pick,, a, you know, sometimes some outside-the-box ones here. To me is, is this. It's the middle linebackers for the Indianapolis Colts. Mm. They're the ones that I look at to go, they got their hands full. I mean, listen, we know the D-line's got to play good, and they need to get pressure on the quarterback, and they do that anyways. They got a good D-line. They get after it that way. But where I go with the linebackers of the Indianapolis Colts, like EJ Speed, Zaire Franklin, who are really good players and physical, but they got their work cut out for us from here. Because unlike in that Week 2 matchup where they couldn't run the ball and it was a rookie quarterback, we, we know they found the groove. They were awesome at play-action pass before they were even good at running the football. Now they're running the football to go along with that great play-action pass. That, to me, they're the ones that are going to have to be all over certain keys as far as the O-line, what they do, you know, how does it look? Does it look more like a run set, a pass set? They're going to have to be really coached up in that department because their ability to come downhill, stop Singletary and and uh, Pierce, right, and then go oh no they didn't give it to him now i got to get back because they're throwing a ball behind me cuz they're trying to move me with the play action pass that is going to be a key to the football game it's just how well they play not only in the run game but not being too over aggressive to always take the cheese on some of these fakes and leave the middle of the field wide open cuz once houston gets you going in that direction and mm-hmm. they they make linebackers look silly and and you know look like their their heads are spinning and I, I look at those two to – they're going to have to have big games if they want to try to try to win this one. It is weird. I'm looking at the numbers from
3: the week two game, and Pierce ran the ball like 15 times for 30 yards, so they held him in check to, to tw- two yards per carry. Last week against the Tennessee Titans, Pierce yeah. ran it eight times for 16 yards, but the difference was that Devin Singletary ran it 18 or 16 times for 80 yards. Yeah. And so they, they they're running another the ball weapon right. there They're in the running game. Uh, this is Kelvin or Kevin Mulcahy says, Sheldon Rankins, Will Anderson – and Jonathan Greenard, his players to watch. They have to seal the edge and win at the line of scrimmage to slow the Colts' run game.
4: I, I the, like he's not wrong there either, right? You know that, that's where I, I tried to go to the linebackers there, but and and try to give a different look. But I mean Indianapolis, when you talk about their team and their offense, it definitely starts with their their run game and what they do there. So yeah, their front is going to have their hands full there, and it's at a. You know they're not a big front in Houston. They're a speed cross chaos, right? Their linebackers will be really important as well. It will, but um, yeah, that them. You know, being able to stop Jonathan Taylor and, and that powerful offensive line is certainly gonna be a big part of it. If the Houston Texans
3: win this game, it could it could decide the rookie of the year, the offensive rookie of the year at least. DraftKings Sportsbook has the rookie of the year odds, and as we sit here right now, CJ Stroud is the overwhelming favorite on the offensive side, minus twelve hundred. Then you got Puka Nakua, plus four fifty. I think there's yeah. some good value there with Puka Nakua. It definitely is because I was looking at the the last two winners have been wide receivers jamar chase and garrett wilson it's not like it just goes to it's not like the mvp no no where it automatically goes to the best performing quarterback um so we'll get to the defensive side here in just a second but just first on the offensive side because puka could break two nfl rookie records this week needs four catches to break jalen waddle's record in 2021 needs 29 yards to take down bill groman from 1960 with the houston oilers his rookie record
4: well, Never thought that would fall. I think CJ's going to win it. I think what hurts Puka, is he going to play this week? Mm. I mean, that's the big thing. I mean, this, this, to me, the, 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 Rams, the Rams, I would be shocked. Mm. This is Sean McVay, who usually plays nobody in the preseason. Yeah, I would think they play nobody. Puka Nakua is their best receiver. He has surpassed Cooper Cup. Now, Cooper Cup, I know, might not be 100% healthy, but he's, he's their go-to guy right now. I would think we're not gonna see him. I wouldn't. I mean, if I were the Rams, Puka Nakua and Kyron Williams and Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford would never see any red and gold near them the whole game. I wouldn't do it. So I think that hurts Puka's chances. Mm. Let alone this is a special year we've seen from CJ Strat. I was, you know, wasn't sure how the injury would affect him and the missing two games and all that. But, I mean, there was a period in time where we were talking about MVP of football, C.J. Stroud. I think that kind of says it all. I think this is one year that, yeah, he pulls it off unless Puka plays and does something absolutely extraordinary yeah. this weekend, yeah, which I don't m- expect. He might
3: play just to get the yeah. yardage, but he did have a hip injury last week. Still played despite that. Yeah, right. But maybe he hasn't been 100% uh, either. On the defensive side, yeah. Jalen Carter is the favorite. Mine is 330. Will Anderson, the second choice, and I was looking at Will Anderson. He had like six pressures last week, and I was like, "That's pretty good." And then I looked at, I was like, "He had twelve snaps because they limited him because it was his first game yeah, back in a couple, right. couple weeks." Right? Um, he's the second choice, and Kobe Turner, who had a
4: huge week last week, is plus seven hundred. Yeah, I, I think with the defensive side, like Will Anderson is, I think, very close to Jalen Carter. I, 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 I like Jalen Carter had the strong start, right? I haven't watched Eagles' film as of late, and we've broken them down a few times here to go like he's popping quite to the same extent, mm. right? So I, it's not the same. Now, he was a little banged up, too, and hurt and dealing with some things, and he's had to play more, and I think they put more on his plate schematically. I think they've been asking him to two-gap a little bit more than and then maybe he should be, honestly, right? This one's a close one. It really is. Jalen Carter is... As you heard me say during the year, already in the conversation for one of the best defensive tackles in football. That's how good he is, right? Will Anderson's been phenomenal and made a lot of big plays. I think I'd still go with Jalen Carter, um, you know. But but like I think the race should be closer than what the odds say right here is what okay. I'm saying. I, I don't. I wouldn't be mad if Will Anderson won it. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, I definitely would not. His effect goes more than just the sacks. Right You said the pressures, he's awesome in the run game, you know, uh, so he's been really, really damn good. Now, the guy across from him, Jonathan Greenard's their best defense end on their football team, right? And he would be the guy, some uh, sometimes I think that takes a little luster away from a Will Anderson because you go, "Oh yeah, he's great, but he's the second best pass rusher on the team. The other guy's the best one. Will Anderson's been great as a rookie. Pete does note here, going back yeah.
3: to the Rams discussion, yeah. On the Rams show yesterday, right. McVeigh noted know. there is a difference between the six and seven seed. They'll do everything they can to win, but the most important thing is being ready for the postseason.
4: Yeah, what kills them is that, right? The they lost the game to Green Bay. So if Green Bay wins, they lose that tiebreaker, and if you know the Rams lose and don't play anybody, then they go to the seven seed, right? Where, okay, you know. Dallas, Detroit, I don't know who they feel more comfortable matching up with right. there, right? Uh, so that will be interesting to to kind of see what they do. But to me, uh, still the, the bottom, the baseline would be to me is to make sure we're healthy. We're not an incredibly deep team anyways. So who cares about six or seven seed? Just make sure you're ready to go for the
3: wild card game. Yeah, Pete notes that America wants Stafford to go back to Detroit, take on my Detroit Lions. I did not want to see that. I don't want to have to see one of those one of those uh,
4: fine young people lose my Lions or Matt Stafford. Yeah, would you be more nervous with like Matt Stafford and the Lions coming? To, I mean, and the uh, Rams coming to town, or like you know Jordan Love and the Packers, who have owned you guys? Forever? I mean, that is true. It's right? like
3: the Packers. Last time we saw them in Detroit, they yeah. crushed them on Thanksgiving, right? Um, I don't know. Lions yeah. can lose any game they play, but they can also win a lot of the games, too. Uh, don't forget, on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5, pocket $150, in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. You can download the app and use the promo code UNBUTTONED when you sign up. DraftKings King Sportsbook, the, the crown, crown is yours. All right, so now we go to the Jaguars and Titans. The Jaguars can clinch the division, the AFC South, with a win. They can still clinch a wild card if Pittsburgh loses, which they might not do because they're taking on the Ravens. I don't think the Ravens are going to play right. anybody. Right. Uh, and they need a, a Denver loss there. But they better just win. They just take care of business at the Titans here. The last time we saw these teams on the field together – It was in Jacksonville, and the Jaguars took care of business. They won 34-14. Tennessee was pretty much dominated all game. They only had one drive. I looked through the possession chart. They only had one drive of more than five plays to the Titans, so it was the defense for the Jaguars that came through in that one. I would expect, I don't know what the line is right now, Jaguars should be a heavy favorite, but this has been one of the more disappointing teams this year so far, I would say.
4: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean... It's kind of fallen apart. They've fallen apart ever since their bye week, ever since the 49ers kind of put it on them. Uh, seems like things kind of went downhill after that. Uh, you know, the the Tennessee offense is not good. We know that. They struggle. I don't care who it is at quarterback. I mean, and, and we know all the reasons for that, right? I mean, that, that, that's well-documented. Yeah, it's, you know, young quarterback. Their offensive line been banged up. They haven't been able to run the ball quite as good as they have in years past, right? There's nobody to be scared of at receiver. So that really leads some some issues there. Um, to me, like, when I kind of look at the game and break it down, I think the, the thing I look at here, you know, hey, yeah, do I think Tennessee can maybe throw the ball a little bit on Jacksonville? Definitely. I mean, Jacksonville's past defense is – stinks. I don't know if they're going to be able to run the ball, all right? Can I see them making this game uncomfortably close and pulling off an upset? Yeah, I can. Mm. Because I think there's a chance, too, and this is when the Titans become dangerous, in my opinion, and we kind of hit on this a little bit already, and where if you ask me, like, what's the thing to watch for, player to watch for, okay, I would just go with the Jaguars O-line in this one because if this becomes – we have to throw the ball every play against the Tennessee Titans and we don't feel like we can run the ball? Tennessee's going to hang in there. This offense is not creative enough to just beat a team like the Tennessee Titans and Vrabel and how well coached they are on the defensive side of the ball it's just the passing game, right? That uh, Going back to, again, the Dolphins versus the Titans. Mm-hmm. What did they do? They basically just said, we don't think they'll run the ball enough. We're willing to give up a few runs every now and then. And we don't think we'll just get killed by that because our D-line is really good anyway. So we're willing to kind of let them be on an island by themselves without putting too many people in to stop the run, right? And – that when that's when they're their most dangerous that's when they can pull off the upset is when they start to go oh this team they don't want to run it they're just going to throw it every play and now they have all these crazy combination zones and coverages they play and all of a sudden you're going damn nobody's open right and that's when problems start so mm. they have to be able to have a little balance against the tennessee titans they have to their o-line doesn't protect well enough right so if they begin throwing the ball every time too, it's gonna be you're gonna be strip sack, you know strip sack fumble type of stuff too, to where that's how you get upset, and that's what would would scare me because you know again Tennessee can rush the passer too, so that's where I went with the Jags old line there just to go they got to play you know, better than what they've been playing, and at least they got the run game started last week with the Panthers. That, to me, will be uh, a big part of this one. Yeah, they ran for
3: 155 yards last week against Carolina. Pretty good defense in, in Carolina. Yeah. ETN broke off that sixty-two yarder. So Carolina is awesome see.
4: at pass defense, so that's mm. what it was important. Like you got to do some stuff like that, so they just can't go yeah. all in on one thing.
3: It was C.J. Beathard last week for the Jaguars. Uh, I'm looking at recent tweets here. Ian Rappaport says that Doug Peterson tells reporters that Trevor Lawrence is dealing with a shoulder sprain, will be a limited participant today. He reports Lawrence is feeling better than he was. Okay, that's so good. We'll see,
4: I'd be shocked. I would expect him to play just because of who he is, but I don't know how severe that injury is. I don't have any inside info there. The magnitude of the game uh, just lends me to believe that he'll try to do everything he can to be out there. Seems likely. Yeah. Uh, Steelers at Ravens,
3: death, taxes, and Mike Tomlin. Of course they're going to be in it. It was what? I feel like weak... 13 or 14 of every season dating back maybe to 2019. I don't even know.
4: Is when I start to go, please don't let the Pittsburgh Steelers be in the playoffs. (laughs) And that's exactly when they they start making their run.
3: Uh, They are the ninth seed right now. But this this year is so crazy in the postseason, too. I think I saw some scenarios where they can lose and move up into playoff position, depending on what else happens. Is that right? They can lose. Yeah, right. Pete, have you seen that, too? I guess if Jacksonville loses, if Jacksonville loses, right, and then we have Indy playing Houston. And they have the tiebreaker maybe with, like, Buffalo, I guess.
4: I don't know how that No, it works. wouldn't be
3: Buffalo. It would be, yeah, a Jacksonville loss, a Denver win, and Indy Houston does not end in a tie. Then no matter what Pittsburgh does, wow. they are in.
4: That's incredible.
3: I did not know that. It doesn't even make seem mathematically possible. No, it, just, it does and not. Denver's, yeah. De- well, who's Denver playing? The Raiders. So I oh, don't, because that must be tiebreaking. It has to be. Something oh my like gosh! That. Yeah,
4: that's how deep, deep
3: or how oh, far down it's. Steve Kornacki's guy. He's like he hasn't seen his friends and family for like three weeks because he's trying to figure all this stuff out for us. Um, so Pittsburgh can clinch the wild card with a win, though, and uh, losses by Buffalo or Jacksonville. So they can there are multiple ways they can get in here. Yeah. They're playing the Ravens. Ravens might not have anything to play for. Yeah, and. Throw this in there. Week five, they beat them. When they did have everything to play for, 17-10 in one of the weirder games all year because George Pickens, 41-yard game-winning touchdown with a minute 23 left was their first lead of the game, and they won one of those Pittsburgh Steelers-type games. It was
4: like, yeah, it was – that was one of those games where you were like, oh, my gosh, that's unreal. We've seen Tomlin and Pittsburgh do this before. And we've seen the Ravens do that a few times over the last few years where you're like, they are literally (laughs) kicking the crap out of this team. And that was the game, the big drops, remember? That oh, was the yeah. game, like, the Ravens dropped, like, I, I'm not even underestimating, probably six catches for about 180 yards. And probably two to three of them were touchdowns, right? So it's like the game should have been over with and done with. Mm-hmm. And as we know in the NFL, when you don't do that and take advantage of it, you're in trouble. Uh, incredible what the Steelers are doing, right? I watched some of that film against the Seahawks a little. Mason Rudolph, everything yeah. they're
3: doing there. Yeah, what's going What's going on there specifically? Yeah. Because. I mean, the last two games they have averaged 32 points per game. Yeah. Bengals Seahawks not two world-beating defenses, the but. worst
4: defenses in football. <laughs> so, I think yeah. that's that's fair to say. We have to say that, right? Because there's just a little too much out there where people are like, "Well, look what he's doing now. He should be the starting quarterback." And I want to go, "You know, listen, he deserves a start. I get it, but he's been fortunate." Right, I think Kenny Kenny Pickett would look a lot better too if he got to play against the Bengals and the Seahawks, uh, both horrible, you know, pass defenses mm-hmm. and defenses in general. Right, but here's the thing: I think I would look at with, with Mason Rudolph. I think mean, it's not that there's like a huge schematical difference. There's nothing like that. Where I think they're playing weaker defenses. We have saw them running the ball a little bit better lately. Ever since they fired Canada, they have thrown, the, tried to throw the ball down the field a little bit more. Mason Rudolph's a good down-the-field thrower. Mason Rudolph hangs in the pocket more than I think the other two quarterbacks do hmm. and lets things develop downfield, too, right? To where he's not like, oh, the pass rush is getting on me. Let me just check it down. He's like, ah, pass rush is getting on me, but I can pat it one more time and throw throw the deep one here, right? You know, There's value in that, of course, because they got some weapons to strike down the field. What also he does that way, and you kind of seen this in both games, is once he hits you downfield a little bit, of course he softens coverages up. And in the fact that he's not so quick to check it down, and this is where you always get hear me going crazy about check down Charlie's or conservative guys, right? Hey, you got our down the field concept. Okay, I know there's plays where you call it and as you drop back, you go, Oh, this coverage, we don't like this play against this coverage. Nothing's gonna be open downfield. You still give it a chance, right? You still in the corner might right. play it wrong, right? Somebody might fall down, all right? So that's where he's been good. He gives it a chance every time. And then to the last possible second he goes, "Okay, it's not there." And then he checks it down, but what he's done with checking it down now is The defense got back because they were like, damn, he was sitting there and patting the ball, and his eyes were down the field, and his shoulders were tilted up, and we thought he was – we had to go back. We had to go back. So now he throws it underneath to Warren or some other receiver, and all of a sudden they're running for a 20-yard gain, and it's because he's willing to stand in there and be a little patient with that. The other guys weren't like that, especially Pickett. Hmm. Pickett would have been drop back, oh, we don't like this versus coverage. Let me just – as soon as I hit my last step in my drop, I'm going to check it down. But nobody's gotten down the field yet. So now you've checked it down you got three yards where you could have got ten if you just let it develop, let alone there was plays, of course, the picket where you go, ah, I think you could throw that down there. You need to do that. That's interesting. That's and what he's brought to the table. So maybe
3: there's more here with Mason Rudolph. Let's go inside the numbers powered by AWS. We'll take a look at the passing chart week 17. I'm interested to see For Seattle, this. where his throws went to. Next-gen stat says he completed all nine of his passes targeting outbreaking routes for 149 yards. Uh, he completed 17.2 over-expected passes and holds the two highest completion percentage over-expected marks by a Steelers quarterback in a game this season. Wow. So, all right, for uh, those of you that uh, don't understand that stuff, and I don't know that I do after i just reading it, Yeah, but uh, the, basically some of these passes that he's completing, you know, an average quarterback and receiver combination would not be completing depending on where the defense is and how far of uh, it is away from the line of the scrimmage and all those different factors that next-gen stats somehow – factors in uh, so he has been uh, above average in all of those categories and uh, yeah here's the passing chart too and what does this tell you, Chris? you know,
4: this tells me that they have a formula going a little bit right now of like making you defend the whole field even though it might be kind of ugliness in how they do it but we know they're going to stay patient with the run game and they're one of those teams like we talked about with like Miami a few minutes ago like, right, where it just, like, adjust. Like, hey, they're playing the Titans. They're going to let you throw an out route the whole game. Start throwing the out route. Don't just go, oh, all week I worked on this motion and this play and I got to run it no matter what because this is what I did all week. You know, sometimes they're just going, hey, we're letting you throw the ball here, throw the ball there. Pittsburgh is one of those teams that goes, you're going to let us throw the 10-yard out? Well, We'll just keep throwing the 10-yard out all day long until you stop it. Oh, 10-yard out, 10-yard out. That's That's what I do like about them, and that's what he will do right so that to me is the thing they got work in there is just that yeah run the ball smash mouth concepts in between the tackle people bunched in the box right in the middle trying to stop it we have numbers advantages outside the hashes now when we drop back to pass because you got eyes got everybody in there to stop the run and do that i think that's the big thing and then the occasional hey shot down the field or whatever and that's all she wrote mm. but You know, simple way of just going, hey, this is how you're going to have to defend the whole field against us. And with those two receivers they have on the outside, it it ends up being in some big plays uh, because of their talent. And that was Inside the Numbers powered by AWS.
5: Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and... welding instructor alex declare knows vr training platforms like forge fx help students master their skills
4: there's a big learning curve with welding virtual reality simulates that
5: exact muscle memory that they need learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact
1: pulling up to mickey d's just for drinks oh yeah that's me nothing extra just perfection and a straw coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block
3: Despite all of this with the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mason Rudolph looking better, doing some things outside the numbers, running the ball a little bit better, you still don't want to see them in the playoffs?
4: No, I don't. Okay. I don't. I mean, if they're in, you know, I'm like mad respect for them. No doubt about it. But, yeah, I, you know, as we sit here right now, I like the six teams that are in other than the Colts. I want Houston in at seven. And yes. That's nothing personal. That's just purely for me watching football. Sorry, Colts fans or anybody out there. I, I won't be mad if the Colts get in, uh, but yeah, just C.J. Stroud and that story I think is cool for for the AFC playoff picture. Over in the NFC,
3: the Green Bay Packers are currently in. Boom! We saw them win on Sunday Night Football. They are the seven seed, although they don't they don't have that locked up. They still have to win. Yes, they do. Their final game, Bears at Packers. They got to win to. Secure the wild card. They can clinch with losses by the Vikings, Seattle, and either the Bucks or Saints. But you don't want to worry about that. You want to get the victory against the Chicago Bears, which may be easier said than done. Week one, Green Bay did win. Jordan Love had three touchdowns, 38-20. to I'm, I'm guessing this is one of those games where week one, Packers beating the Bears has very little bearing on what will happen at Lambeau Field in week 18,
4: in well, your mind. Yeah, it, it will. I mean... You know, one, uh, uh, great job by the Packers the other night in our game, right? Who had looked like crap the three weeks before. So crap that I was like, even with Jaron Hall, I was like, I'm going to pick the Vikings. I just don't even trust Green Bay, right? So they played great on both sides of the ball. Kudos to them, right? And this... Last performance was more like the good streak we saw, you know, in early December, late November from the Green Bay Packers. But, like, let's be clear about this. Like, let's be clear. Chicago is one of the better teams in football right now. I mean, I told Florio today he had to do his PFT power rankings, right? And I was like, I would have Chicago in front of Tampa – Green Bay, I mean, I you know Seattle, some of these teams, New Orleans. I would now first off because we think Chicago and go, oh yeah, it's not a great year. Why would you do that? And I go, well, they're one game behind all those teams I just mentioned. Yeah. It's one. I know they're out of the playoffs, but you know, it's one game. It's not that big of a difference. Let alone they've won five out of their last seven, and it, and really. Could have won seven out of their last seven. Lost a squeaker to the Browns, right? And lost to your Lions that we brought up a few times in in Detroit where they controlled the football game. Yeah. Right? So they're playing awesome. They really are. This game's scary. Right? I mean, the Bears, the Bears, Fields playing awesome. Uh, They can run the ball. DJ Moore is a superstar. Right? Right? And their defense is one of my man-crush defenses because it's a little bit like the Browns. It's literally every play, like, we're in your fucking face. Go ahead, try to throw it deep. You're not getting anything short or easy. Bring it, right? That's where, like, when you ask me about guys that I think are important to this football game, it's the Packers receivers. That's what I'd go to. Hmm. Christian Watson, his health, where's he going to be, right? Because the Bears play man-to-man almost every play. They have literally, like, they're like the Browns where they just go, screw you, bump man-to-man, try it. Let's see what you got. And so they challenge everything. And a guy like Christian Watson would maybe, not would maybe, would back them off a little bit. It would definitely make them think twice about being a little too aggressive. If he's not on the field for Green Bay, hey, Jaden Reed, who I know also is banged up, they're really good. But they're not the guys that always like instill fear in you, like, oh my gosh, he could go for 80, right? Watson's the guy to do that in Green Bay. Yeah. They need him, but these receivers, yeah, this is going to be a big game for them to separate because I don't think they're going to be able to run on Chicago. Nobody's run at Chicago here the last five to six weeks. Um, Titletown fan 89.
3: Yeah. His player to watch is Aaron Jones. Yeah. Can they run on Chicago? Yeah. Uh, I think it's clear the first two 100 yard games this season in the. Uh, Pack putting up 30-plus points in both games go hand-in-hand. Imagine getting Christian Watson, Wicks, Jaden Reed, Luke Musgrove back, too. I was trying to look for some news on Watson. Nothing really out there, so who knows? We might not know for the next couple of days. Um, But, yeah. The Bears call your
4: bluff. Mm -hmm. They call your bluff. So Aaron Jones, you know, he's not wrong. It might be more pass-game oriented that he goes off in this one. Sure. Right? That's where I could see it going. The Bears – basically go, they outnumber you in the run almost every play. The Bears have the number one run defense in football. Did you know that? Like most people, I don't think most people know that, right? That's, that's, they're, they're real. And they're just not going to let you run, let alone Hmm. they trust their corners. And, you know, they got Stevenson, the rookie from Miami, who's really good. And then they have a guy that I'm going to vote for is all pro and Jalen Johnson, a corner of the Bears. So they're like, bring it. They don't care. So like to your point, those receivers, that status, that group right there to what our guy just said, yeah. you know they need to be ready to go if they want to win this one. This is not going to be easy. Chicago has been competing, playing tough. Fields is playing tough. Chicago should not ruin anything here. Stay with Justin Fields, Matt Eberflus, Luke Getze. The offense is awesome. The defense is playing great, and they got all these picks. Don't waste one on another quarterback stay with Justin Fields, draft one more receiver, get another pass rusher, right? You got the number one pick in a year where a lot of teams need a quarterback and you don't really need one. You could come out of this draft going, we have three first-round picks and another two next year, Yeah. right? Somebody wants Caleb Williams that bad? Okay, here you go. So they are sitting pretty. And I would stick with what they got, and I'm really impressed with Justin Fields. I really am. It's a fierce debate yeah. with Justin
3: Fields it in is. Chicago. You see, I think it's like 50-50. I've 50, gone back 50. and forth. So, I
4: have, but I'm done. I know where I am now. I know okay. that.
3: So you you looked at him. You did a deeper dive. Here's his last six games. They've been awesome. You know, I mean, the pass yards, 200 yards per game, but completing 60% of his passes, um, three rush touchdowns, almost 400 yards on the ground, and that's what he brings you. He it, brings you that, that stuff. Is.
4: And but, like a Lamar Jackson, it's not about the overall number sometimes. Sure. It's like the... The point in the game, the situation he's been coming through. I didn't mean to cut you off. What were you going to no, say? No, no. I
3: was just about to go inside your notebook, brought to you by some random homie out there. We said
4: whoever. Justin Fields. By Justin Fields. Because uh, it's yeah. all positive. He wants to sponsor this one. <laughs> by, uh, by
3: It's Still Hines because he shaved his head. Yeah. Right. Um, so, yeah, Justin Fields would sponsor this evaluation. So we're looking at Chris's uh, cursive writing that we got late last night. Um, and you say Fields is playing good, smart football. Nothing stupid, right? Yeah, is that what that says? That's it. You got it. What's the. Oh, I. Uh, taking advantage of all that is possible. I guess you could read your own handwriting here probably better than I do. Yeah, can. no, but I like this. No Keep bad going. decisions. No bad sacks. No unnecessary hits with a dash between un and necessary. Now, that is unnecessary. I, it is,
4: and I do it all the time for some <laughs> reason. Throwing is not pinpoint, but plenty good. Right. Like last year, early this year, right? Remember at one point we had like all these people telling me, oh, the Bears coaches are doing a disservice to Justin Fields. And I'm like, as they were saying it, as they were talking to the highlights, people were roping everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I'm going, what? Right? He didn't see the field well. They were afraid to call plays. You heard me saying that. That showed me they didn't trust him. Right? I would watch him a year ago, early this year, and go two out of every three throws. I'd go, eh. He might have completed it, but the guy had to fall to the ground or whatever. Right? Now it's like every now and then I go, eh. It's like, oh, well, there's five good throws in a row. The sixth one, you go, eh. Okay, okay, I can deal with that. Mm-hmm. That's that's fine. you're you're de- That's definitely above the line for being a damn good quarterback, let alone this ain't dink and dunk crap here, right? They are like, as you saw in my notes, they throw the ball outside the numbers and down the fields. Passing game is downfield. Throw it outside a lot. He's staying in the pocket, letting plays develop, seeing the field really well. O-line, overpowering. Te- teams have to respect their run game. Then you got to worry about fields running the ball. It's like a double whammy. The boots, the play actions, the screens, they're all good within this offense. They do a really good job there. Their system, they do a lot. I love it. You know? And then you saw the you know the rest of my notes to just a few of the bullet points I wrote down there for him, yeah. but yeah, I'm I'm impressed with the Bears and the Bears have a chance here to go into the off season almost like your Lions did last year. The similarities right.
3: here exactly
4: right at Lambeau yeah last week of the year yeah they have nothing to play for really. Right. The Packers have everything to play Can for. Can ruin the year, make yeah. themselves feel it's better. So similar right? It's almost like a de facto like okay we didn't get in the playoffs, but that was like the next best thing. Yeah, we didn't let the Packers in, and now we're going in the off season with chest out, we built something, we got some culture here, and now we add a little sizzle through free agency in the draft and watch out. And that's where I'm pumped for the uh, the Chicago Bears.
3: I can't wait to watch that game. That's going to be one of the, the games that I'm – uh, what is it, 425? It's a 425 one there. so yeah. many
4: 425. It's going to be hard for we us. Got, uh, we got – I think only – the good thing is we only have six at 1 o'clock. That's true. Okay? And then at 425, we have – Six. Oh, seven. seven. So that's going to be Oof. brutal. That is going to be a lot. You're going to be having, like, one eye on that while we're rehearsing. It's Well, I mean, a like, mess. Broncos, Raiders, I don't give a shit about. So I'm not watching that. Chiefs, Chargers, I don't give a shit about that either. There's nothing that really matters. So mm. those are games that I compartmentalize to just go, let me get a little feel, but I'm not going to watch, oh, second and seven with seven minutes left in the first quarter. Eagles, Giants, yeah, I don't imagine having to keep an eye on that too closely. Yeah. So there's a few that you just got to, like – go okay i'm not gonna go as much all in on those games and i'm just gonna you know get the cliff notes version what about buccaneers at panthers yo
3: the pirate's life for me well that's a one o'clock game so we got a one o'clock game here tampa they lost last week against the saints uh, we were in the room while watching it together our researcher james kaminsky was going crazy i was like how much you put on
4: this game uh buccaneers <laughs> so we always know we always know what game he bet on because he's going, like, some random thing he's going crazy about. Yeah. But, like, why is he wor- worried about Cole Komet's receptions yeah. today? Yeah. Yeah. Locked in on every play <laughs> right. on Saints and
3: Bucks. Uh They can clinch the <laughs> NFC South with a win. All they got to do is beat a two-win Panthers team. They played in Week 13. Closer than maybe you would have thought. The Bucks only won by three, 21 to eighteen. Uh, they pulled ahead in the third with a seventy-five-yard touchdown, Baker Mayfield to to Mike Evans, yeah. and never trailed after that. Kind
4: of when they just started to jumpstart their passing attack. That's really, true. Yeah, you you know? you're right.
3: It's when they got it going. That might have been the play that did it. Well, it, it
4: definitely was was part of it. Um, Who's your uh, player to watch in this game? Yeah, you know, I'm going to go with the running back and Rasheed White. I, yeah. I, I am here. Um, you know, listen, we know Carolina's offense is nothing special. I would think Tampa's defense could, could hang in there. Okay, you heard me talk about before. It's a little bit like you know taking like what you saw with Jacksonville and Carolina last week. Carolina, if you get into, we can only throw the ball right, and we can't run the ball. They're, they're, you're are you're going to be in trouble. They're really creative. Right? They got talent in the secondary. They got good linebackers. Of course they got Brian Burns and some guys that can annoy you pass rushing and doing that. That to me is when Carolina becomes a pain in the ass. Is when they can play teams a little bit that are like, hey, we don't have to worry about their run that much, right? They're throwing the ball and we're gonna give them issues. When 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 you're a little one another team that I just go, yeah, they're one dimensional, they're smart enough to kinda Go all in on that area and, and stop that area that that's not the dimension or however I'm trying to explain that yeah um but that that to me they if they think they're going to drop back and throw the ball then make big plays all game long you know Mike Evans Chris Godwin and all that they're going to be playing with fire uh, they got to run the ball the running the ball will be the key to this one uh, just again to to not make it Baker sticking the ball in the tight windows keep a little pressure off their passing game. You would prefer the
3: Buccaneers make it, right? Because either I would. them, or it's the Saints, or it's the Falcons who still have a chance. Yeah, I would.
4: I, I I would like to see that. You know, the Buccaneers have some playmakers on D. You know, Antoine Winfield is a guy that I look at to be. Hey, he's kind of all-pro candidate for me at safety, right? They got some guys that can get out through the passer a little bit, and then their offense is fun to watch. I think that's the reason I kind of look at them and yeah, I'd like to see them in the playoffs. And the Baker Mayfield story is is always cool.
3: It could be a 9 and 8 Tampa Bay Buccaneers team hosting a 12 and 5 Philadelphia Eagles. How Isn't about that, crazy? that? That would be crazy. Would uh be. the Eagles could still win the uh NFC East, but it's not looking good. We'll get to the Eagles in a second. Cowboys at Commanders because the Dallas Cowboys, all they got to do is beat the Commanders in Washington or have Philadelphia lose uh, against the Giants. It's a rematch, a, a week 12, and the Cowboys won by 35. Dak threw for 331 yards and four touchdowns. Nick Depan DePanfilles. DePanfilles. Uh, Mike McCarthy needs to call the right plays as the coach. Will he be the Achilles' heel that dooms the Cowboys this year, or is he the reason why they are there in the first place?
4: Yeah. Um,
3: You've been very clear on what you think of the Cowboys' offense. Yeah, aggressive. You like that? Yeah. Simple. You don't like that? No. Right.
4: Should be plenty good though to beat this to win this game. Yeah. You know, this is a game where, like, I wanna, I would go like Dan Quinn. This is on Dan Quinn. That's where they can lose the game. If they get a little too, oh, we're the Cowboys. We're in your face. We're going to get sacks. We're going to pressure the quarterback. We're going to play man-to-man. Like, if they do that against this crew, you better watch out. I mean, just like we saw the 49ers last week, right? Yep. 49ers played man-to-man on a few snaps. Washington was like, thank God they're playing man. Hope, see you, Terry. Yeah. So that's where I think Dallas could get in trouble. Don't get too fixated on totally squashing their offense or increasing your sack numbers. What I what I'm saying is, you know, don't try to give the death blow in the first quarter. You know, just kill them slowly. Be, yeah. If you got to let them have a ten yard completion every now and then, so what? But don't let it be. Oh no, McCorn got a sixty yard gain and now they're on the five. Oh. Curtis Samuel was one on one and just got seventy yards, and now they're on the two. Right? That to me is how you lose the game, and be- it becomes an upset. As if they do sh- do shit like that. So that's where I would say just just be careful. I would think their offense can, for the most part, move the ball on this Commanders defense throughout the football game. Uh, and then, of course, Dak just can't play like he did last year when he was there in Washington. Last game of the year, he played really bad, if you remember, yeah. and they lost the last mm-hmm. game of the regular season. Oh, that's right. Before they to went play to for. Tampa. You know, and, and beat the shit out of Tampa in the wild card round. That's going to happen in one of these games. I would, it, and it's crazy, right? The person right?
3: wins with the Colts game where they had everything to play for and who, what was it, Jacksonville? Yeah, it was or, Jacksonville. That had nothing to play yeah, for and beat yeah. them. Yeah. It's like, it's going to happen in one of these games. you're like, how did that happen?
4: Definitely. You know, it's it's the the guys that are playing, even though they're playing for nothing, they still like playing football. It's still their job. They still want to do good. It's the last time and, they're going to do it in a long and time. And it's the last time you're doing it all year, right? And you do get motivated without pressure of going, let's fuck this team's Europe, right? There's definitely that. So you can go out there and you just feel like, you know, hey, it's pressureless football, yet I'm loving it, I'm playing hard, right? And our our coach is kind of, He doesn't give a shit either. He's taking a few chances in this one, right? So that's where that team has any advantage. And if they get a little hope or momentum, all of a sudden they start to feed off of it. And the other team starts to go, oh, my gosh, they're playing this close. And they start to feel the pressure. And it all starts to go in different directions. And that's when that kind of crap happens right there. Will your Giants do
3: that against the Philadelphia Eagles? We don't lay down for anybody. So uh, week 16, this is just a couple weeks ago. Eagles won, but it was closer than we thought because the game was 20. to three and then the Eagles fumble the kickoff and then throw a pick Pick six six, and you're like oh my gosh this is actually a ball game right now uh yeah do you think the Giants could be that team for the Eagles
4: I don't think so okay but I do think the Eagles have a disease right now of letting anybody they play make the game closer than they should right so uh, really almost all year the whole year the whole year you know it's it's again it's one of those things of the year I'm proud of that we were early on in the year going hey there's things about the Eagles to be scared of there's things that don't look good. I know they're winning, but we were trying to say there's some issues that are concerning, right? So, yeah, I, I you know. I, I, I again, I expect them to win this football game. Um, you know, but the Giants, Wink Martindale. I mean, he's never scared of anything. They're gonna be aggressive on the defensive side of the ball, and you know, day ball, creative crappy Eagles defense right now, Hmm. Tyrod throwing it good, Jalen Hyatt and Darius Slayton attacking downfield a little bit more. Like, I think they can make this game scarier than Philadelphia would like, but I certainly would think Philadelphia wins with, you know, the importance of the game, the importance of the situation overall. They need to just win and play well to feel good going into the playoffs. Because if they go in kind of the way they are right now as we sit here, they're going to go into that wild card game like. Confidence is going to be about as low as it's ever been for Philadelphia and wondering can we win? Can we really pull this together? You know, in a yep. one and done situation, can we rise to the occasion? They're going to have a lot of self doubt.
3: They've kind of pulled out all the stops already, right? They've had the players meetings, oh. they've had all this different stuff, yes. and none of it's worked up to this point. Where, which they get into the postseason, maybe who knows? Maybe that's when they find the rhythm. And then you know what they'll say? No one believed in us. And I'll go, no, you guys didn't believe in
0: yourself. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> like they, they, the they got meetings. no
4: rallying call right now. Right, and it does seem like there's some civil war going on there in Philadelphia. They've the offense. Not as explosive and as dominant as we've seen it be. Defensively, right, it's all over the place. I mean, that was embarrassing. I watched that yesterday, too. You did. Watching Arizona. I mean, Arizona just put on a clinic of, like, pulling guards and pulling tackles. And, like, they ran for 200 yards, and I, I'm going to pull it up here. I don't know if there was a run ever past 20 yards, right? Mm. That That's when you know you're getting your ass whooped. When you, lo- you let up 200 yards rushing... And, all right, there was a 22 yard run because every run the whole game was like eight yards, six yards, eight yards, 10 yards, eight yards, six yards. I mean, totally blown off the ball, right? So, Philadelphia, physically on both sides of the ball, not nearly as impressive Uh, and, and, and like not not nearly as creative on the offensive side of the ball to to match some of the firepower they're seeing right now. All right, so that is a
3: preview of tomorrow's Picks Pods. You'll get all the picks tomorrow. That's when you get the picks. That's when you get the you picks. Get, you, maybe, you, maybe you have an idea of where Chris is leaning, but you get the actual picks coming up tomorrow. My best
4: bets, I did pretty good last week. Like, I wasn't great, but I did pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I had the 49ers over Washington, right? I did that, and then I did... Um, did they cover? And they covered, right? They covered. Yeah. And then my go-to... For the last, like, six weeks, it's been the Bears. And they came through again. I thought the Bears would cover, uh, and they did that. And I can't remember my third one. Ravens, wasn't it? Uh, I think no, they, nope. I it talked wasn't? about maybe doing the Ravens, but I didn't do it. Hold on. I got it right here. I'm going to beat Pete you searching to it. Too.
3: Chicago- Rams.
4: Oh, I took Rams. the Rams. Uh, oh, and I was um, I was on the cusp so many times of them covering and them blowing them out. That's the thing that's unfortunate. Didn't you have the Eagles Week 16 against your Giants
3: as like a best bet too? And so you were mad about the Giants making that one close. Yeah, yeah. The you Giants can't enjoy ca- your right. Giants making these games close. Yeah, right. You're right. I'm not bummer. doing that anymore. I'm not <laughs> yeah, picking st- against. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop
4: doing that. Not picking against them. All right. Again. So
3: we have we have a lot of weeks to catch up here on the Big yeah, Butt Awards, and so do. Pete had a great idea. Right. We're going to do Jeopardy Edition. Of the Big Butt Awards. And you're going to ask me? I'm going to ask you. Oh, you no. you got to figure it out.
4: Whose butt? It is we that lie. time. <laughs> big butt. Some The Big Butt of the Week oh. Oh. Okay.
3: Time to give some love to these Ooh, big guys. Some touches. It's a couple sacks, forced
4: <laughs> fumble. He's a butt-ting superstar. <laughs> Give it to him, Ahmed. One butt cheek. And this is why you're the big butt expert of the world right now. Woo! All right,
3: so here we go. Week fourteen. You're not going to be like you're going to ask me like who has three
4: dimples on their right cheek. This man's <laughs> big butt. This man's big butt plays defensive tackle. Okay. This is week fourteen. Week 14. Well, uh-huh. say, but these are uh-huh.
3: these are all season like quest. Like this is up to date questions. But this is for a week fourteen. Yeah. Pete says it'll all make sense once we get going. Uh, this man's big butt plays defensive tackle. He tied an NFL record this season with 11 straight games with at least half a sack. Matubike. Oh, yes. The, the Ravens. Ray Ravens. Yep, week 14, he was going against the Rams in that one. Um, yeah, he had 12 sacks at that point. Third-round pick in 2020. Yeah, he's, Texas I, A&M. He, we probably don't talk about him enough.
4: No, I, I, would, I would agree. You know, He's another guy that I think has probably entered the – Best defensive tackles in football conversation, right? And then just, like, not only stout against the run, but has that athletic ability to win one-on-ones inside that's kind of unique at his size. Uh, damn good player. I think it's a contract year for him, too. Oh, wow. Good, good year, good year to is. have that.
3: Pete confirms that. First career Big Bud Award, so that's all you need right there. There you go. I just won the Big Bud Award for the first time in my career. I'm peaking at the right time.
4: Give me $25 million a year.
3: The Big Bud at Edge for Week 14. This Edge is currently the betting favorite for Defensive Player of the Year.
4: Gosh, well... I don't know. I'm going to say, I think it's T.J. Watt. Am I wrong It about is that? not. Miles Garrett.
3: It is Miles Garrett? Wow. I gave it to him in week 14 for his big performance versus the Jaguars. It was his third big butt of the year award this season, so that should tell you right there. Yes. Uh, he was the top-graded PFF lineman for the week there, and Miles Garrett. Yeah, you, that surprises
4: you, though. Well, I thought I don't know where the betting favorite was. That's where it was getting me, right? You know, again, and because I'm too skewed by, well, the betting favor is going to go to the guy who has the most sacks. So I thought, you know, but maybe maybe the public's being smarter, right? Yeah. Again, you know, I, I, I love Trey Hendrickson and I love T.J. Watt. I do, but I don't see the effect on the game to the same capacity that Michael Parsons or Miles Garrett have. Yep. Uh, just when when I can't keep my eyes off of them when I'm watching them. So there it is. Justin Matabuke and Miles Garrett, Ooh. your big butts. AFC up. North butts right oh, there. there they are.
3: Yep. Together at last, like they should be. Uh, week 15. Don't cross these
4: out too quick. Let me answer, okay? Week 15. Oh, don't reveal well, them too he quick. He revealed the last one too quickly, but okay. I, I knew not to look. Okay, right. all right, yeah. all right. Week 15, defensive tackle.
3: This 29-year-old defensive tackle was a free agent addition to a defense that now leads the NFL in yards and pass yards allowed. Uh, well, I'm going to say that's Chris Jones. No? No. It is the oh, Cleveland Browns. Oh my gosh, it's reset. free agent this
4: year. Yes. Yes. Delvin Tomlinson. Gotcha.
3: It was against the Chicago Bears. I'm so stupid of me.
4: (laughs) I knew the Browns led in pass defense. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. It's your man crushes. It's (laughs) your men crush. What an idiot I am. Signed that $57 million deal in March, which looks
3: like a a steal maybe at this point now. Uh, He had five pressures that week. He was the second highest graded defensive lineman to DeForest Buckner that week. All right, the edge for week 15. This edge rusher leads his team in sacks and quarterback hits. But we unfortunately
4: now won't see him in the playoffs.
1: Oh, his team's been eliminated. It's an
4: edge guy that leads in sacks and what else? He
3: leads in sacks, leads his team in sacks in quarterback hits. But unfortunately now we won't see him in the playoffs. This isn't Trey Hendrickson here? So it is not. It actually is a playoff team. We will not see him, though. Oh, Bradley Chubb. Bradley Chubb. Oh, Bradley damn! look at you guys
4: playing with words Sorry, on me. I, I even
3: got screwed up on that one. I, I played with that. What I what an, threw an you asshole off. you are. That was his dominant performance against the Jets after kind of being the GOAT the previous yeah, week and right. then came back yeah. and, and played real well. That's a bummer. Yeah, that, that was a bummer. It I can't really believe, was. I can't believe that he's yep. out. Uh, so there it is, week fifteen. There's week 15. your, there's your trophy. Wow, look at Delvin. Though. Yeah, like A man, didn't even show the his chest. butt. His butt so big, we couldn't put it on the screen. Couldn't fit it in the screen. Uh, week sixteen, defensive tackle. This former Alabama player was the number two defensive tackle in your draft rankings his year. Gosh, who was number two?
4: Hold on. Oh, don't don't. We, look. I'm not looking. Pete's at, I know him. week week sixteen here. He was number two in my draft rankings. Yep. This is Christmas weekend. Christmas weekend. Gosh, this is killing me. Alabama. I mean, I know there's a lot of Alabama tackles. I'm all freaked out right now. Hold on a second. Give me a second. Uh, mm. What else did you say about what he did that day? Anything no, else? He, uh, uh? You
3: want me to say who he played or no? With that, game yeah. Boy. Tell me who he played for. The, the Denver. Bro- he played against the Denver Broncos.
4: He played against the Denver Broncos. Oh, so it was Barrymore.
3: Yes, Damn. you got it. Christian Damn. Barrymore led all defensive tackles with three sacks. Woo! He was by uh, Levi Aunzerike for you yeah. that year. Yeah, yeah. The Detroit Lions, my Detroit Lions. Yeah. Um. So Barrymore's
4: the, a player, man. The
3: edge. For that week. This third year former backup now starts as the bookend to a pro bowler with thirteen and a half sacks this season. This
4: third year former backup now starts as a bookend to a pro bowler with thirteen and a half sacks. Damn, there's a lot of language in that thing there. (laughs) So he plays on the same line with a guy who's got thirteen and a half sacks and is a pro bowler.
3: He's a former this other guy is a former former backup, third
4: year player. Oh, and this is this is what week is this? Is this Christmas week, 16, week too? yep. You're going Koontz?
3: Yeah, it is. Malcolm Koontz. Yep. He had nine pressures, three sacks, both a career high It him. takes
4: me five minutes just to figure out what the hell the question <laughs> is. i am like got seven different wrinkles on there. <laughs> this former backup's across from a pro bowler yeah. that won't be playing this weekend, but the team will be in the playoffs, but he won't yeah, be in the playoffs. A, he's not a playoff player, but he is not a playoff team. Yeah. Uh,
3: <laughs> the first 35 career games for Koontz. He had four sacks, 11 quarterback hits in his last three games. Five sacks and seven quarterbacks. He's had a whole career in his last three games. So congratulations, Malcolm Koontz. Congratulations, Christian Barrymore. You are the big butt players of the week. Look at that for Koontz just oh, dominating his one. own player and Patrick Mahomes. That really is. That's a great, great picture right there. Well done, Kristen, finding that one. All right, week 17. So we'll get all caught up here. This defensive tackle leads all rookies with nine sacks this season.
4: Well, I think you brought him up earlier. It's Kobe Turner, right? Kobe Turner, yeah. Against your Giants, Los Angeles Rams, yeah. Hell of a player. I mean, talk about another mid-round pick by the Rams that con- contributes to their football. What was he's um. Third-round pick For, out of w- Wake, Forest. Wake Forest. Okay, that's what I thought. I wasn't, I couldn't spit it out there. Yep. But, yeah, damn. I mean, another gem they found in the middle rounds. Yeah. I know. Pete
3: wants to know why Les Snead hates draft picks so much. He's really good at them. But maybe this is why, <laughs> right? He's like, I don't need a first-rounder. I round. don't need those first-rounded, overrated ones. I'll find a good defensive tackle in the third round. All right, and our last one, edge. Despite having just nine-and-a-half sacks this season, this edge is third in the NFL, with 92 quarterback pressures per PFF, wow, he's getting to the quarterback. Not necessarily sacking the quarterback, but he's always around
4: him. Well, this is, uh, I, hmm, man, I would have, I would have thought it would been like Micah Parsons, but he's got more than nine sacks, right? I'm looking at the teams here. Yeah, hold on one more second. Let me just read nine and a half sacks. at his 30. Oh, my God. I think this is Aiden Hutchinson. Exactly right. Booyah. My Aiden Hutchinson against the Dallas
3: Cowboys. Yeah. His third career big buck. I think butt, I heard that the during season.
4: the telecast. I think they said
3: that, actually. He also, in this game, tripped a guy and got it called on the Cowboys instead. So, I mean, <laughs> that's, that's how really good he is. Good. That's he can
4: really mind trick the referee to go, no, it's the other team. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that is that play amazing. There really is. I can't believe that know, happened. Uh,
3: by the way, Nick Bosa, second in quarterback pressures, also has just ten and a half sacks. All
4: right, and then who's first?
3: Mike is, is first. first.
4: See, see, so yeah. it's not all about the sacks, right? Mm-hmm. When you play, see, when people play like the 49ers or the Cowboys too, you know that's the other thing you got to think about. You know, your whole week as a quarterback, they're literally going, Don't hold the ball too long, don't hold the ball too long, don't yeah. hold the ball too long, don't hold the ball So literally, you know, their effect on the game, they might be able in the sacks, they're getting pressures and they're making the quarterback probably a handful of times every game throw the ball, and you go, he could have held on to that a little longer. That guy's about to come open. Mm -hmm. But they're going, the whole week what they've been told, and they've been hit once or twice by the guy already, and they have a gauge in their head that they just don't feel comfortable with. And that's a great effect. And I I love stuff like that.
3: So congratulations to rookie Kobe Turner and my guy Aiden Hutchinson. Kobe Turner, that's a solid. That is a a solid solid butt right there. Yeah, solid behind. Good job. All right, well, we're all caught up. And now all that's left to do, is to uh, to bury some teams. They're already dead. I was going to say kill them. Yeah. You don't have to kill They're, them. You They're already dead. killed them. They're dead. You they already killed them. Right.
4: Uh, we're also tracking your homie playoff But, damn, I don't know. What's what's better, to kill them or to dig the hole for them? I don't know. I mean, digging and, and killing them might be the easier part. Digging the hole is harder. I wouldn't know exactly, but uh, they, you're right. You know, I look 100%. at, like, good fellas. The guy just shot him in the head, and he's dead. That was easy. When they had to go yeah. dig the hole, that it was work. It's emotionally hard, though. Emotionally <laughs> yeah. hard to actually
3: do the killing. Uh, easier <laughs> emotionally just to dig a hole. Uh, so we had 1,000 uh, of you guys submit your playoff predictions. 53 homies... Could still correctly predict all eight division winners, including this homie right here. Wow! I am one of the guys. It's that still get alive. All, eight division, all winners. eight division winners. Congratulations! Wild card. I just did was a disaster. <laughs> but the division winners, I actually could do that. Yeah, I had the Patriots getting in as a wild card. Uh, Dolphins, Jags, Eagles,
4: Saints. Okay, for me to be correct. Dolphins, Ooh, Saints, Jags, Eagles, Saints. That's a yeah, tough one. You got some tough ones there. You might not. You might not be standing that pretty. Yeah, um, Eagles. Dolphins,
3: I feel like. Jags, I feel
0: like. You Eagles, could be missing no. all yeah, those. I could, <laughs> I could <laughs> right end easily. up with four <laughs>
3: after it's all said and done. Uh, Chiefs, 92% of you had them winning the AFC West, including you, me, and Pete. Ravens, 78% had missing the playoffs. Oh, making. That is making. Okay. So, okay, Pete says that was a mistake. Making the playoffs, 41% had winning the division. All right, Still, so. Hines, did you have the Ravens making the playoffs at least? Oh, that's a good question. Oh. We should look through those. <laughs> we should see if he even participated. So now it is time. Let me pull up my, uh, my poems right here as we lay these teams to rest. Uh, we'll start with the Las Vegas Raiders. Las Vegas Raiders, 98% of all of us had them missing the playoffs. So we were, except for 2% of us, were yep. exactly right. Their quarterback looked like a movie star, but too many of his throws were just bizarre. This year was so bad, it made Raider fans wish they had one more year with Derek Carr. That's how bad it was. You're like, God.
4: Well done. I
3: was like, we Damn. wanted to go back to that guy? Damn. Yeah, it would have been better. All right. The Broncos, 95% of all of us had them missing the playoffs, and they did exactly that. Their fans proudly wear their team-colored jacket even though they're not in the postseason bracket. Peyton thinks he's like Andy or Bill, but maybe a better comparison still is maybe a slightly better Nathaniel Hackett. <laughs> 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 I mean, Whoa. One or two games? Shots fired. Not how dare you? Better. They're, they better. How dare you? <laughs> uh, Damn. The, the Bears, they missed the playoffs. 9% of the homies had them making the playoffs. And who knows, if the season went a couple more weeks... Like it will in probably 2027 or something like that. (laughs) Uh, They would have maybe made it. Uh, Bears, here we go. This one pains me, you know. I'm sure. Their season was certainly not a bore. They gave their fans a whole lot more. They aren't afraid of a collision. And next year in the division, they could definitely finish top four. They really could. I think they have a good chance <laughs> next year. Being How dare
4: a he talk about you like this bear? I'm going to become a Bears fan just to go against yeah. you. I kind of became I think a Bears, I Bears fan. I might adopt year. the Bears to be my second favorite team in football next year just to make the Lions-Bears thing a thing here. Well,
3: your favorite team in football yeah. is done.
4: Uh, yeah. uh, giants are out. better be careful here.
3: 70% of the homies out there had them missing the playoffs, wow. even
4: though they were a playoff even team last me. year. I think I had them missing, mm. too. No you one believed it. You be careful no, here. I had... know some people that can dig some holes around here, okay? You better watch out. <laughs> uh, you had them making the playoffs. Oh, did I? Damn it. Along I with I Pete, him... your fandom. You, you picked with your heart, not your head. I had them making the playoffs? You did. Wow. You had my Lions
3: missing it and the Giants making it.
4: Gosh, damn. I can't even believe that. I'm, like, shocked that I did
3: that. The New York Giants. Their season was under assault. Rather quickly put to a halt. Brian Dayball said, quote, I don't want to gloat, but honestly, none of it was my fault. You know, that's <laughs> what I think it says. Daniel Jones,
4: Tyrod Taylor. <laughs> Maybe that yeah, one hit think, a little
3: close to home. Right? Yeah, he
4: hasn't been doing that. I think he heard. you right. right. I think I, that is a good I, point. I think he heard enough people in football and the media go, you got to stop showing up people on your sideline, right? Yeah. You know, it's kind of a no no. And I think he did it one too many times, and, and he made the adjustment. He's a man's man. He, he knew it wasn't right either. Okay. All right. Good. All right. He's, he's learned. Lessons learned.
3: Lessons as learned. As we pay them to right, He pay took them it easy respects. on them. That was good. Uh, the Chargers are out. 57% of the homies had them making the playoffs, including Pete. believed that Brandon Staley was going to turn it around. Now he's just watching from a Caribbean island somewhere. Here lie the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. <laughs> what team what are we talking about? <laughs>
0: Uh, Let's just say the season... They're so <laughs>
4: bad that we came and you, know, you just... It's like when they just come up, dysfunction like, goes who? into the brain. Let's just
3: say the season was not great. It uh, it was a lot for their fans to tolerate. Brandon Staley taken by the man above. He died doing what he loved, going for it on fourth down and eight. You know, that's <laughs> what he did. You know, it was just... He you, died doing what he loved. You
4: you butchered that one just like he did a in a clutch situation in a football a game. Maybe this
3: is too many poems in a row for me. All right, one final one to do here. Okay. The Cincinnati Bengals, 93% of us had them making the playoffs, including you, me, and Pete. Yep. 35% had them make an the AFC championship game. 13% had them winning it all. Wow. Fourth most in the NFL. So right. we were all wrong on the Cincinnati Bengals, but we did not know that Joe Burrow was going to be no, injured. Son kind of a big deal. All right, so here we go. Final one. A season that left their fans frowning. A champion they will not be crowning. The backup QB at times peaked, but under pressure he freaked, and his pants ended up showing some browning. <laughs> <laughs>
4: so the... Whoa! <laughs> That's about as dirty as you've ever gotten I mean, in one of these. Literally, figuratively, I'm like, as dirty. I'm impressed there. Wow. <laughs> one of these days, you can actually swear on this thing? Not. Yeah, Yeah,
3: actually. Who knows? Who knows? It could happen. Anything could happen. Uh, well so there done. we go.
4: Well, how long does it take you to write each one of those? I'm getting better.
3: I'm actually yeah. pretty fast. I think all of those took me maybe 40 minutes, something okay. like that. Okay, yeah, you're,
4: you're ripping them up. Because you
3: got to think of, like, all right, what's, like, a, the roast of each team? Yeah, like, right. What's, like, what's that What's the two or three spot? punch lines yeah. that kind of hit
4: on, and then you just frame it around that? Work backwards from there. Yeah, so. okay. All right, well done. Well done. I think um, for next week's, yep. teams in the playoffs, mm-hmm. I mean, teams that are not, you yep. them to rest. Yeah. Right? We'll dig the hole. Right. Also, you know, whoever loses the national championship game, maybe you might have to do that because I'd love to. Oh. If it's Michigan, I'd love to hear you for them to rest. I'd love to hear that. If Michigan loses, I will lay them to the rest. I am really excited. Like, you know, I, I'm, I'm a casual college football fan, Yeah, right? You know, I watch the big games on Saturday. I yeah. love it, but I just, you know, I got to be a dad and all that too. I got to announce two games this year in college yeah. football. One was Michigan, the other one was Washington. You're right. I did. So I, I got to see them up close oh in gosh. person. Uh, so you I got feel, to talk to their guys. I did. did you talk to Michael? I Penix? didn't get to talk to Michael Penix. Oh, no, why no. not? I, they didn't let him talk to us. He was. It was kind of a thing in the Pac-12 this year. It was like Penix and Caleb Williams were not made. Like, available to the TV crews, hmm. which I want to be like, what? They pay you how many billions? Right. And we can't have your best player? Yeah. Like, that, that shouldn't be allowed. That's so they got to fi- figure that out. But either way, yeah, I mean, totally two impressive football teams that I'm excited to watch that. Who do you think is going to win then? <sighs> Man, I think it's going to be really close. I really do. I feel like I'm leaning Michigan. I am. But yeah oof it's hard i gotta think about it more pennings in that offense i don't know i haven't feel like i haven't seen anybody really slow them down the whole year yeah and he threw the ball great the other night so that'll be uh that'll be fun to watch down in houston michigan a four and a half point favorite yeah. i feel like michigan's defense could make things really yeah, hard on i would Washington. think so too i don't think washington's played anything remotely like this defense this year so that would be something to watch for yeah. for sure um Yeah, I think I'd probably go with Michigan if you made me bet money. All right, I may be wearing this again on Monday. All right, please do. We like it. All right, everybody, I hope you enjoyed it. Tomorrow, I got the Week 18 picks with Florio. Please check us out there. We'll break down the games even further. It's always a good listen. We have a lot of fun. We swear a lot, so that's always good, too. A lot more (laughs) swears on that one than this one. Yes. Uh, Especially because we have two hosts that swear on that one, only one on this one. He just lets it fly Oh, he lets it fly. Right. He's like, if Chris can do it, I want to do it. Well, and now it's literally like he'll say shit four times in the first 20 minutes and then I'll break out one like an hour later to be like whoa he'll go whoa 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 and I want to like, Mike you said the same yeah. word seven times in the first segment Do yeah. as I say that yeah exactly so all right you know where to find us keep sending the questions we appreciate all the homies chiming in you know you partaking and and being a part of this podcast we really do appreciate that Ahmed you the man thanks for wearing your Michigan color mm-hmm. screw you yep all right all right, everybody, peace out. Have a good rest of your week. Enjoy the Week 18 games. Check us out tomorrow with you Clap it clap up. Clap it up.
5: BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and